What belongs to whom? A priest friend shared with me an experience he had that he was really touched by when the Diocese of Phoenix was launching the Together Let Go Forth campaign. He was asked, pastors were asked to go and visit people and, um, and to invite them to be a part of the campaign. And the, the team helping says, okay, you know, this family's very generous. At, invite them to make this kind of gift. And he was sharing with me how he was like this family was very generous. Didn't, didn't seem like they had a lot of means, but they were very generous. And so he went and he sat down with them and, and it, you know, the moment came and he's like, would you consider making this gift so that many more people can come to know the Lord? And, and he was almost kind of apologetic. Like, I feel, I feel bad asking you to do this. And I think the family, the, the father in particular, he, he recognized the priest was a little, like, he's nervous or whatever. And, and the man said to my, my priest friend, Father, it's all his anyways. And he made the gift. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, What do you possess that you have not received? I've heard someone say it this way, that... Um, if it, if it has not been received, it's an idol. If it's something I've earned, something that's owed to me, it can become an idol for us. But really, everything we have is gift. Jesus today is put in the middle of a, a political situation. And it seems like there's no way out. That, that these uh, the, the Herodians and the Pharisees, which are not friends with each other, they come together to trap Jesus. And either, no matter what he answers, there's kind of no way out. Like if he says, they ask him, is it lawful to pay the census tax? So if he says no, well then they'll go tell the Roman authorities, hey, he says don't pay taxes. If he says, yes, it's lawful to pay the census tax, well then all the Jewish people who are mad about paying taxes, that, that he's kind of turn all them against Jesus. But Jesus, it, it, it feels a little bit like our current political situation. You can't say anything without taking it on all sides. People are going to be unhappy. People try to, you know, politics. One of the students take on uh, Kamala Harris' visit this week. They're like, she didn't say a whole lot. Like, she said a lot, but she didn't say a whole lot. Like, it's like when politicians are asked a question here, Instead, they talk about this in their answer or something. I, I wasn't there, but that's, that was her. I'm like, well, that's all politics. It's not just one party, one person, right? You know what I mean? Like, they just want to trap you and then use it for their propaganda. Well, Jesus is the king of, he's the king, but he's, he's, he's the expert at cutting right through it to the heart of what matters. And he says, show me the coin. Whose image is this? And they say, well, it's Caesar's. And he says, well, repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. So Jesus shows us the bigger picture and he answers in a way that's so insightful that it's probably lost on his audience. So the image on the coin is Caesar. Okay, well then that belongs to Caesar. Whose image do we have? In, in whose image are you and I created? 
but God's. And so what belongs to God but us, all of us, that I, my life was a gift. I have received everything from God, and I'm invited to give everything back to him. That includes my, my hopes, my desires, my thoughts, my, my body, my sexuality, my emotions, my families, and my money, all my possessions. We're called to give everything to him. Even, we could say, what, what do we have that's not of God? The one thing we could say is our sin. Jesus is like us, Hebrews tells us, in all things but sin. But who wants our sin more than anyone? The Lord. So if everything's his except sin and he wants my sin, to, he wants everything. That everything belongs to him. And, and how important it is to actually bring that sin to him and say, God, I, I can't do this. I can't overcome this. I need your help. He's like, thank you. One of our speakers on the retreat, we just came back, we had a retreat this weekend with 70 plus students. And one of the speakers, uh, the student shared in his testimony, he said um, he's, he's learned how to, that, that God wants his sin. And that if he has the courage, if we have the courage, we can bring that to him that we can bring everything to him in, this, uh, in a beautiful way. This speaker, in a striking way, he finished his talk. He said, he, he basically, he, he prays to God. He finishes his day by, by saying to God, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. That we can give to him our sin and all of us because he's, he's good and he's worthy of our trust. I mean, if, I, if I'm going to entrust myself to someone, I have to trust them. Like uh, for you who are called to marriage, marriage is about learning to, well, it's, it's an, trusting that God has led me there, but we, we're invited to entrust ourselves to one another. I entrust myself to you, and you entrust yourself to me. And that's, that's a big responsibility. And so that's, there's something about that, that as we come to know each other, then we can entrust ourselves. How much more so God? God invites you and I to entrust ourselves to him. He, he kind of, in, he does entrust our lives to us. He entrusts his body and blood to us. And he invites, invites us to make our own response. And, and he is the one who's worthy of our trust. He's the one who's goodness itself. He's the one who's love itself. He's the prince of peace. That there's, there's no one more worthy of our trust. There's no one that I can want to belong to, to give myself back to more than him. I mean, and it's hard to do that because I can feel shame or I, I want to kind of control things. Like, God, I'm going to give you all these different parts of my life, but not this. But God, God wants everything, everything in our lives, our entire world. It's interesting in our first reading, the prophet Isaiah tells us about this guy named Cyrus, um, which, which is kind of a cool name. But so the Cyrus is, he says, the Lord, he calls Cyrus the Lord's anointed. Cyrus is actually a foreign king. He's from Persia. And so here's this non-Jewish person 
And the prophet says, the Lord says, whose right hand I grasp. What is the prophet telling us? Is that God is so powerful and so good that he can work through this foreign king to bring about his will. We have a God who's so good, who's so powerful, he can work through all foreign kings, all non-foreign kings, all political parties, all warring factions to bring about his will. Because does God bring good just from some things? God brings good from all things, even our sin. Isn't that crazy? That God, because I, I look at the world, I think there's a lot of people right now that look at the world, we look at the Middle East and we're like, oh my gosh, did World War III just start? We look at our politics and we're like, we can't even have a conversation anymore. Things are so politicized, so polarized. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, it feels like God left the building a long time ago. And you and I, as people of faith, we take a breath and we're reminded from scripture of history and who God is and say, it's okay. It, it's okay. That God can work through all things, guiding them by his invisible, strong hand to work all things for good. And so everything belongs to God, except for one thing. I know I just said everything belongs to God, but there's one thing that doesn't belong to God. Our will. That God does hands off of our will. But that's what you and I can control, that I can choose to entrust myself to him. I can choose to belong to him. I can bring to him the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what he invites me to do. Is he wants that it's our choice. Do I want to belong to him? He's still going to work all things for good. But how much better it is when I work with him rather than against him, because I'm going to lose. But when I work with him, that he can bear that fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold within us. And so that means in our world, in our politics, in our families, in our broken relationships and our experiences of mistrust, that God can do all things. You know, one thing to remember is a coin, or you could say a dollar bill, or a hundred, a hundred dollar bill, if I crumpled it up, and it was dirty and found on the ground, you know what, you probably wouldn't want it actually, you know? Because it's all crumpled, it's all dirty. But even a dirty, crumpled $100 bill still has its full value. How much more so you and I made in the image and likeness of God. That sometimes I can look in the mirror and feel like, well, I'm dirty and I'm crumpled up and I don't have it all figured out. That our goodness, our inestimable value and dignity is always there. And we can make that gift, that good gift of ourselves to God, who, who waits, who wants to receive us as we are, that he thinks our goodness is worth dying for. That he entrusts himself to us and invites us to offer ourselves, to, to make a gift of ourselves back to the Father, to cooperate with what he's doing in, with, and through us in our world, and to look back at him and say, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. 
Jesus, I trust in you.